The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Let's go. Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, one-on-one showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Monday, November 21st, 2022. Listeners, please welcome one of the hardest-working men in the adult industry, fan favorite, Rome Major. Welcome to the show, Rome. What's good? What's good? Philly in the building, man. What's up, Papa Chulo? It's good to have you on, man. After so many years of talking about this, after doing short-form interviews in person at conventions, it's great to have you on the show for your first, like, real sit-down interview with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, I know from the last time we didn't get a chance to talk as much because I'm always at the convention. I'm always moving around. I'm always, you know making sure everybody's good, and it's always good to see you because I see you from time to time at these conventions with your mic, <laughs> yeah. you know, doing views and everything else. But, yeah, this is the real first time ever sit down, have all the time in the world to talk about the world of Rome Major. And we will be talking about it from beginning to current stuff, and I'm really excited about it because, you know, in my opinion, you've been doing some really great work, you, you're always churning out content, so I, I'm really excited to get the chance to uh, really be able to fully pick your brain about everything Rome Major. So um, let's kick things off by getting some of your stats out the way, some physical stats and some interesting, unique stats about you. And the first thing I want to ask is, what's your height and weight? Height is 5'10", uh, weight is 195. What's your zodiac sign? Gemini. Very nice. Me too. Maybe that's why we really get along. Oh, yeah. You a Gemini too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. When is your birthday? June 16th. Okay, I'm June 1st. That's what's up. Very cool. Uh, What's your ethnic background? I'm Jamaican and West Indian. Wagwan. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yeah, my my parents are from uh, Jamaica. Um, I was born there when I was little, and I ended up coming to uh, Pennsylvania when I was real young. Um, I still talk the language to, like, family and friends, but it's rarely that I will, like, just talk the language. I only I got to hear the accent for me to talk the language. And how old are you? 36. All right, let's get to know a little bit about the man behind the performer. You already sort of gave me this information of, of where you were born and then where you moved to. So tell me a little bit about Rome Major growing up. What were you like as a youngin? I have a young youngin. Let me see. I went to UE as an elementary school. I went to graduate from there. Went to Sierra Middle School. Uh, Graduated from there, then I went to to Bartram, Bartram High School, and then graduated from there. Um, you know, growing up, I was a bad little child. I was bad. You know, never – I think I was bad because my dad – my dad died when I was 10. Um, 
by him being passed away and it was my mom taking care of me, my brother, my little sister, where, you know, I didn't, nobody, I think nobody around that age really understand how life was, you know, where you have a single parent taking care of all three. Um, we, we had to learn the ups and downs where I was so bad, man. I used to, I used to like cut school. I used to bring people home from school, bring girls home from school, have sex all in my mom's house. I used to just being disrespectful. You know, I never really understand what the stuff I know now because, man, I am regretful for half of the stuff I did. <laughs> um, where growing up with me and my brother and my little sister and my mom is always traveling back and forth to Jamaica, taking care of things out there. It all kind of started out when I think – my mom was trying to hide porn, pornography at one point from us. And throughout the years, I used to always see stuff on TV, you know, didn't know what was going on, but I knew I liked it. I knew I liked it. I used to, every night I used to go to bed, my mom used to give us this Bible. <laughs> she gave us this Bible to read a scripture every night. And my mom used to always think I was reading a scripture. But honestly, I was like laying that Bible down uh, under a sheet and literally like stroking my my penis on top of the Bible to get that hard on so I can bust a nut and go to bed. Oh no! Right <laughs> now, this is first, this is the first time you I never told this to nobody, you know. Uh, and I had to do it every night faithfully. Um, my brother used to be at the bottom when we had a bunk bed, and I was always on the top. He was at the bottom. I was on top. And until one day, my mom would just, like, kept on coming in the room. So I changed, you know, sometimes if it's not the Bible, I, it'd be a, a, a sock. You know, I think all young guys always put the sock over their, you know, your penis and stroke away. And if you come, you come inside the sock, you go to bed. <laughs> that was my thing throughout the years. When... I got a little bit more older, of course, now I advanced. You know, a lot of people always ask me, when, the la when, when did you give your virginity up? Like, when was the first time? I was 19 when I gave my, when I had my, when I gave my virginity up. Um, a lot of people be, like, stoked. Like, what? Because everybody had, at a young age, lost their virginity. But I lost my virginity at the age of 19. When I lost my virginity... I remember I was living in West Philly. I was living with my mom. And uh, I think I finally, finally, I remember when I was trying to have girlfriends. And it was hard because my mom was picking the people, picking the girls for me. And I was always, I was, I was a rebellion. I was rebellious. I was like, no, I don't want that girl. I don't like this girl. I like this girl. But I never really understand why she was picking the girls for me, you know. They always say, you know, whatever your mom pick is the one that is the one for you because your mom like them, your parents like them. And I used to always pick the wrong girls all the time. I meant all the time, you know. Growing up, I remember having moments where I was with my ex-girlfriend. We used to argue. And I'd be like, no, I don't want you to leave me. I used to punch the door, break up all my knuckles, 
My mom used to be like, she used to laugh at me. She said, watch when you get older. It's going to change. You're going to understand. I didn't know what she was talking about. And it's crazy where, where I think me and my mom had a big argument, and she kicked me out. When she kicked me out, that's when I think she kicked me out at the age of, I think, 21. I think 22. I think 22 was the... Was the, was the time frame. You know, after you pass a certain age, when you pass the age of 21, you're really legal to be on your own. Mm-hmm. And I think this mom was waiting for. And uh, I finally got a apartment in Southwest. I was working at KFC. Uh, going to work every day, doing that nine to five. I think uh, the per hour, I think I was, we was getting paid, I think, Minimum wage, I think it was like $4, $4 and something. I think, yeah, I think it was like 4 something, $5 around that time frame. And uh, I finally got an apartment in southwest Philadelphia. That's when I first had my own apartment living life. And I used to always invite girls over. Like, man, I ain't going to lie. I was a hoe. I was a hoe when I was little. Ho, ho, and ho. Um... Never knew that, though. I just thought I was like a player. I'm a player, you know, talking to all these girls, having sex with them. I used to have sex between three to four times in a day. How many girls can I have sex in a day? Four girls. And I used to do that every single day. Have a different girl, and I thought it was cute. Um, Of course, I was always using condoms, you know. I never really believed of just having unprotected sex like that. Everybody was scared when you was when you was a baby. You were scared to either catch an HIV or you're scared to get the girl pregnant. So we used to always, I always use condoms. Uh, throughout the years, you know, growing up, I moved to several different places. You know, from uh, Southwest Philly, West Philly, um, Collegeville, that was a little bit near King of Prussia. Um, Pottstown, uh, just different places throughout the years growing up. And I think where I'm a, I'm a four, I'm a four is this a little bit further up a little bit. I was, uh, I was doing some hustling a couple of years ago in, uh, in, uh, Pottstown. And, uh, it was cool. It was all right. I was making money. You know, I didn't know nothing about porn. I wasn't in porn around that time. I was just being a hoe, you know. Um, I think it's when I got locked up and the judge was, he was going to, but because I didn't have a record like that, he gave me probation. And uh, I didn't really take take heed to that yet, you know. I went out and started hustling more. And I think something happened where it scared the shit out of me. And I was done. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm not going to hustle no more. I'm done with this. This was back in uh, uh, 2000, 2002. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm done. I, I can't do this no more. I cannot do this no more. But I had so much money that I had before from hustling. And I always thought, like, what can I do with this money? You know, and I start taking my time looking into porn. Around that time, I had a guy that... um was trying to trying to help me but wasn't helping me. What I noticed about a lot of people in the East Coast is a lot of 
Well, not even in, in the East Coast, just really everywhere. Nobody really don't want to help you to that next level. They want you to learn by yourself. They throw you a bone, and they want you to learn everything on your own. So when I came out, I was just doing whatever. I was just, I kind of went back to hustling, but then something scared me where I was just like, you know what, I'm done. I'm not doing this no more. Mm-hmm. I ended up starting to work. You know, I started really doing a real job. I started being a waiter. I was a waiter at Hands in uh, Philadelphia off of City Line Avenue. Um, I was working as a waiter for about uh, two years. And then I upgraded to a bartender. So I was doing bartending, and I was being a waiter from uh, 2000 to, well, no, 2003, all the way up to 2010, 10? Yeah, about 2000, yeah, yeah. But I've been a waiter for a while. Um, I was making good money. Uh, money was coming around that time frame. I was just like going for like different interviews, trying to become a porn star. I couldn't really figure out what was really going on. Um, every time I tried and tried and tried, people for some reason just didn't give me the time of the day. You know, everybody either had their go-to guys who they was working with, or they just wasn't trying to give you a chance. You know, anybody that wanted to do any type of adult porn. We thought as a guy, we have to send you my dick picture. We want to see how big our dicks are. Can we perform? But all that stuff didn't matter because you wasn't there at that time shooting the scenes for them to see you, how you move, you know. Throughout the years of being in Philadelphia, I kept on traveling back and forth around the East Coast, Miami, New York, North Carolina, South Carolina, well, South Carolina, where – it put me in different perspective, you know. I had to learn the game. A lot of people didn't really – other producers was from these different states didn't really understand the game, how it was supposed to be running, because we never we never understand about being in L.A. You know, we just thought we just thought that this is how it was supposed to go. So when I went to these directors, we shot scenes. I mean, we shot long scenes. I'm talking about we was in this in this one room shooting for about two hours. I was sweating. I was losing. I was like, wow, this is long. You know, some directors gave you the content. Some directors didn't give you the content. Or they explained to you how you're supposed to pick down the content. Throughout the years, people saw my work. People liked me. People talked to me, you know. But, you know, you still learn. You really don't really understand the game a little bit, you know. You know, being... Being a young man trying to figure out life at this age. You know, my dad wasn't around, like I said, when I was 10. So it was kind of hard to kind of what's the difference between good or bad or if I was doing it right or not. Um, I remembered when I went to New York. I think I went to New York. It was like 2008, nine, about that. I went to New York. It was a, a company out there called World Boys. And uh, the director's name was Tommy, and mm-hmm. uh, he was already doing his thing. You know, he was doing his thing from the ground up. And Tommy, Tommy was a was a was a was a was a big a big. Uh, he was known. He was known all over. He did a lot of a lot a lot of uh, a lot of uh, what's some Jones call underground 
underground uh, clubs, parties, events. He was, like, you know, hosting them. He knew all the major porn stars around that time, like Jada Fire and Candace Vaughn and, and um, uh, not Mocha Minaj, um, Monet Devine, like uh, everybody that was from back of that day, he knew. Um, I used to always come with him and he'd show me a club. He was trying to school me on different things. And he finally gave me his the first shot of shooting porn. I was shot with uh, Billie Jean. And I, I tell you, boy, I thought it was easy. It was not easy. Oh, my God. I was sweating bullets. I was blaming it on the cameraman. I was blaming it on the guy. I was blaming it on everything. And I didn't really know the difference. It was me. It wasn't the camera guy. It wasn't the lights. It wasn't the space. It wasn't nobody. It was me. But I never knew that. You know, I always thought I was doing it right. But I was, I was fucking up. I was always fucking up on set. You know, some scenes go good and some scenes go bad. But because you can edit the scene, that's when everything changes. You know, um, when I shot out with Wall Boys, he shot me with uh, Destiny Cruz. It was a, it was a, another guy like Tommy out there. His name was Taz. Damn, I forgot his website too. Um, but he was cool too. And I shot with his, because mostly around that time frame, you always shot with the 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 performer girlfriend or director girlfriend. It's always their girlfriend, and you know you shoot with the girl. And I remember one day Taz was sitting in the room while Wall Boys were shooting the scene, and the girl looked pretty. Her name was Destiny Dreams. I was like, wow, I love Red Bones. Oh my god, she was so beautiful. I said, oh, this is easy. I'm gonna knock this scene out the, the park. Nope, did not knock it out the park. I was nervous. I was shy. I didn't understand why. What the hell? I was looking at everybody in the room other than the, what I was supposed to be doing, looking at the girl. I remember Tommy was like, all right, go ahead. Turn off the lights, man. Turn off the lights. Turn off the lights, and we, we're going to try to get this done this way. I said, okay. They turned the lights off, but not the lights in the room. Lights, the camera lights off. He turned the camera lights off. I'm, I'm trying to get my little strokes in. I remember me getting hard, and I got hard. I was like, yo, I'm hard, I'm hard. Everybody jumped on the set, turned the lights back on, action. Oh, this is what this means. All right, okay, all right, that's, that's no problem. And I got used to it. Then I, you know, I can't always be in New York, so I started traveling. I went down South Carolina, shot with a guy out there. His name was... uh. Well, hold up. The company was called Brooklyn Kings. The company was called Brooklyn Kings. He was going to kill me. I don't remember his name. <laughs> um, he looked out for me, put me on with a lot of people, you know. Um, around that time frame, he was a director in his own world, doing his own thing, trying to get South Carolina back on the map. And I shot a few scenes out there where I shot with a few BBWs. I shot with... Uh, I saw we had a few BBWs. That's how I met. Um, oh my God, I can't believe I'm forgetting these names. Um, come on, come on, come on. I can't remember the names. I can't believe it. These are names that from back in the day everybody remember. Um, 
can't remember the names. I used to shot, I shot I used to shoot with these girls back up there. We used to always took we went up there for about a week to two weeks and we shot content. And he got a copy, I got a copy. But around that time frame, it's this. This is how the game works. When most people get in the business, they don't understand about content. They know you as a performer ain't gonna do nothing with the content. Mm-hmm. But they as a director is gonna do something with the content. They're gonna put it up on their site. But you don't know that though. You don't know that as a performer because you just you have these content and you holding it. But you don't have a website. It costs money to build a website. It costs money to do this. It costs money to do that. So around that time frame, we was getting a lot of content. Envy, Envy Star. That was one girl I shot with Brooklyn Kings. Envy Star. Um, where nobody does. At the end of the day, the males really didn't understand really what to do with the content. Women was always making money, 24 hours. You know, there was escorting, there was doing scenes, there was doing content. It was helping them more than it was helping us as male performers. You know, it's really hard for male performers to make money, very hard. Um, but around that time, you know, working out with Brooklyn Kings, was, it was pretty cool. You know, I shot with them. I uh, shot with different performers. I met cu- a couple of performers that I asked everybody for their own opinion or what they thought of me or what I should do. You know, it was always good. Um, from uh, Woe Boys, from Brooklyn King, I uh, I went to Miami. Went to Miami. I shot for Plumber Pass. I shot for uh, Industry Invaders, um, Bang Bros. But around them time frames, it was more like this. I was spending my own money, my own flights, my own rent-a-car, my own tests, and I used to say, hey, look, if you got a company, I want, I want to try out for your company. Let's shoot some content. If I don't do good, you can keep the content. If I do do good, you can still keep the content, so you're not losing. I want you to put me into rotation. And... I kind of took them a. I kind of took them a while. I was I was working with uh, industry invaders around that time, and around <clears throat> it was he gave me a run for my money. He really did. He really really did. Um, I remember going out to Miami. Uh, when I talked to the producer, I told the producer, I said, "Look, man, I pay for everything. I pay for what I need to do to show you that I'm about my business." Uh, he let me pick the girl, one of his top girls. Jayla Fox, that was one of his top girls, and man, I was stro- I was stoked. I was like, "What, Jayla Fox? Hell yeah!" But what, I paid for my own flight, my rental, my test. I got up there. I called him up. I said, "Yo, I'm here. I'm out front." He said, "All right, I'll be downstairs." I walked in. I saw another performer around that time frame. He was shooting for Industry Invaders. That was his go-to guy. And he was, I said, what's up to him? He didn't say nothing to me. I said, all right, cool. I went upstairs, and the guy, the director, he gave me he gave me an option. And the option was like this. I have the, uh, he said, I have the hotel room for like 30 minutes more. And then I have to check out. If you can show me what you could do in 30 minutes, I'll put you on rotation. I said, say no more. 
And I guess what? I gave Jalen Fox that work. I gave her that work. Work, work, work. I still see that contest from this day on. And she started putting me in rotation. Like, I gave her that work. After I gave her that work, it was the performer who didn't say nothing to me was like, hey, Rome, what's up, man? I was like, hey, what's up, bro? Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody gives me love, you know. Uh, he took me out to go eat. We took pictures. It was like the best time of my of one of my of my one of my times in my career. He started putting me in rotation. He wasn't really paying a lot, but he still put me in rotation. You know, um, I think I shot for him about three, about four, five times. Um, throughout the years, working for different companies, you always learn different things. You know, you always learn different things. One thing I always learn. And this is true. Anybody that who, who's balling, who's making money, who's who have websites, who's who's bringing ma- major income in, they're not going to tell you the game. They're not telling you the game. They're not going to teach you the game because they don't want you one day to take over their their I don't know their time space. You know, to me, I think it's rubbish. Personally, you know, I think it's rubbish. Uh, the reason why I say I think it's rubbish is just that, you know, this con- this day and this time and age where everything, where OnlyFans came in and everything changes, it's totally different. It's totally different. I don't have no problem helping somebody else. I do it all a day. I do it all day. I have no problem looking out for somebody else. Tell them the game. A lot of people always say, you know, why don't you charge for it? And I just said, eh, you know, don't get me wrong. I know it's a business. And, I, yes, I know I could charge for it. But it's, it, sometimes it's, it's hard. You know, you, you're trying to get that team together, and every time you try to put a team together, it always go backwards. Somebody hate on somebody. Somebody don't. Somebody favorite somebody else. It just doesn't help the game. It just doesn't help. So around that time frame when I was going, when I was being a porn star, traveling to different states, you know, I was trying to be somebody. But it was hard. A lot of people didn't tell me the information I need to know. I was still living in Philadelphia, traveling back and forth to Miami, you know. Um, I used to always go to all my exoticas. I went to all my porn conventions. Um, I think I went to Exotica in New Jersey uh, after, this was probably after like uh, 2012, 2013, 2014, I think I was going to my exoticas, and I remember running into one of my guys, one of my good friends. His name is Sydney, and Sydney had he had a a lot of plugs. He was managing uh, Natalia Star and Natasha Star at the time. He was their manager, and he was managing these girls for about five years. Every time I go to the convention, he always saw me. He's like, damn, Rome, you, you just at every convention. Every time I looked, you at that convention. So I'm out here networking, man. Said, okay, gave him, a, I gave him a shake, take a picture, and I kept it moving. So people started getting me, started recognizing me when I started to take the pictures for the convention, tell you who they are, and boom, I put them up. People started recognizing who I was. Now. Let's put that on the pause. When I, well, hold up. So let me finish one. So I talked to Sydney. Sydney was just like, 
hey, Rome, you know, I've been seeing you at the last of these conventions, and I'm not going to lie, man. I think you're ready for L.A. He said, ready for L.A.? Me? Nah. No way. No, I'm not ready for L.A. I, I, nah, no way. He said, Rome, I think you're ready for L.A. I said, all right. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. So let me put that on a pause. We're going to put that on a pause. We're going we're gonna to get back to that. So if I ask you, I need you to say, when you just got done, LA, when Sydney told you to go to L.A., mm-hmm. what happened? All right. So backing up a little bit, um, how I got Rome Major, um, uh, I was working for this company a couple of years back. It was back in like uh, 2007, eight. Going a little further back, I worked for this company called Black on Black Crime. Black on Black Crime was a super aggressive company, okay? Super aggressive, but it was a niche. It was a niche that a lot of people liked, but then a lot of people didn't like. Um, Before they came out with Black on Black Crime, they had something called Ghetto Gaggers. Ghetto Gaggers was an all-white company, and their niche was like going in on black women. Sometimes they go in on the wrong things where they portray the black women where, you know, black people love watermelon or we love chicken or we love certain things that apply to black people. They was using them items in their scenes to make it seem more than what it was. When I saw when I saw Ghetto Gaggers for my first time, I cried. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're doing this to the black women. Oh. How could they? I remember I was in New York. I was looking on the computer and I seen it. Man, I I couldn't even believe it. But then guess what? A couple months later, they was looking for uh, male male performers to work on their site. They came out with a, a company called Black on Black Crime. They came out with a company called Black on Black Crime. Um, the reason why they came out with the company because Ghetto Gaggers was having some type of crisis where a lot of people was looking looking down on Ghetto Gaggers. They was they were just saying it was just too too racist, too crazy. It was mm-hmm. it, it was it just wasn't looking good at that time. So what they did was they made a company called Black on Black Crime. If the black men can do it, the white man can do it too. So that's what the scenario was. I walked in there for an interview. I was doing porn. You know, I was going in. I was just like, okay. I mean, around that time frame, people was booking you, but they was booking you for what they want to book you for their sites for. Every company I know, they always had a go-to guy. And if you get picked, you get picked. You're getting paid. So when I walked in for Black on Black Crime, they had a guy there. His name was Pookie. Pookie was another male performer that was working for Black on Black Crime at the time. And he was, like, he was okay, but he wasn't aggressive, though. He wasn't putting the work in what they wanted. So they hired me the day when I came in. Uh, I walked in. I saw the scene in hand, you know. Uh, this was in uh, West Philadelphia. And they was they was doing some slapping on the girl, like light slaps, but the light – they kind of want the slaps to be medium. 
versus light. The guy did a performance in front of me. I looked at it. It was like, Rome, can you do better? Uh, yeah, I could do better. I walked in, and I started going in. It was like I slapped a girl. It was like, no, Rome, you can't do it like that. You got to do it a little harder. I said, harder? I said, ah, I don't know. And she's like, no, no, listen, this is a business. The girl came here for a scene. She know all the pros and the cons of the scenes. We did a 45-minute a forty-five minute, uh, interview with the girl to make sure she everything's on point for you to shoot the scene. So she's okay with it. I said, okay. And I smacked her. It's like a little harder. I smacked her again. Okay, Rome, you close. Smack her one more time. And I did it. It's like just right there. That's how I want it. I was like, oh, my God. What the hell? I can't believe it. They really wanted this like this. But at the time, you know, I, I looked at it as a job. I didn't look at it really as nothing else. Um, I started shooting for Black and Black Crime. I did over... 30, well, probably over 50 scenes for that company. Um, around that time, I think it was paying me 700 for, per scene. I think it was paying me seven. I think it was like, it started from six and it went up to seven. Um, I was shooting for that company, shooting for that company, shooting for that company, where when I was traveling, doing shooting porn for other companies, my name was coming up. Didn't really understand. I just thought my name was coming up from, from the stuff I was doing. Around that time frame, I, I was traveling back and forth to New York because that company was in New Jersey. So I was going to New Jersey, New York, back and forth to Philadelphia. So around that time, I'm still trying to find myself to see who's role major. My name, before, before hold on. Hold up, go back, go back, 2012, 2012, okay, so around that time I was still trying to find myself, I went to, when I was going to New York back and forth, I was like dancing, like uh, part time, I was working at this club, and the club was like, a bullshit club. I was just dancing for a couple of girls and I used to leave, make a couple of dollars and just go back home. I've been, I was doing it for the last two months around that time frame of me traveling and working. The problem with the, with, with the company, black on black crime, the company itself, uh, he, he wanted me to be his go-to guy, but he didn't want to pay me more to be his go-to guy. And I wanted to travel the world to be a porn star. I wanted, to, I wanted to do it. I wanted to, but he didn't want me to. He didn't want me to. Traveling, traveling the world. I was, I was moving around before I went to L.A., before I went to L.A. And uh, let me see. I was going to Baltimore. I met a few friends. That's how I met. Uh, who's that legendary star? Come on. What's her name? What's it? Jackie. Come on. you Help me out. Jackie. It's a porn star. Her name was Jack. No, Jackie. Jackie. Ah. So I met this legendary porn star around this time frame. Uh, Rock the Icon introduced me to her. Um, Janet Jackme? Janet Jackme. Yes. Yes. Shout out yes. to Rock the Icon and Janet Jackme. 
Yes, I I met her in Baltimore with a director. Uh, was shooting me and her together. Um, she did a blowjob scene on me, and Rock the Icon was there, but he did a boy girl with her. Um, I, you know, from this day on, I can't, I still can't find that scene. I've been looking and looking. I cannot find that scene. Around that time frame, I think twenty. This before twenty twelve. Twenty well, twenty twelve. We went to our first trip to hedonism. Now I'm gonna go back to LA. I'm gonna go back to me being in New York. I'm, I keep every time I keep remembering things, I kind of go back and think about it. Um, hedonism. When I first time went to hedonism, my first time. I went out there for myself. I was going out there to have fun. I wasn't even doing porn around that time. Um, yeah, I wasn't doing porn around that time at all. Uh, I wanted to be a porn star. I was around people that do porn, but I wasn't like a porn star. I, I couldn't call myself a porn star. No, I could say I was a content creator around that time. I got booked. So when I went to a, it was a, I went on a, I got booked by uh, a travel agency called Golden Days. They booked me. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Back up, back up. I went, first I went to hedonism on my own. I had fun. I chilled. I think the whole trip I was there for seven days, six nights. I think I had sex, like 15 to 20 girls. Like I had some fun. That was back in 2012. That was, matter of fact, that was 2011. 2012 now I got booked go out there because they was they was like hey look Rome we like your personality we like your style you're trying to become a porn star you know we want you to come out here with the guests and have fun with them so I said all right no problem so I went out there they booked me but when they booked me they booked me along with uh Prince Joshua um Johnny Depp um Ariana Starr Naomi Banks um the amazing kid they put me with all these major stars. And when I went out to hedonism, what you think? I wasn't a porn star. They was a porn star. I was showing off. I was trying to show them I got the I got the meat. I got the I got the I got the motivation. I could do this. And every porn star from that group came to talk to me. Hey Rome, you know you're doing it the wrong way. And I'm like, how? Nobody don't know me. Everybody know y'all. No, I don't think I'm doing it the right way. I think this is the perfect time to do it. Man, I was doing a lot of crazy stuff, man. Pulling out my dick. How fast I can get it hard, you know. And they was kind of telling me to kind of calm down. Don't worry. And in my head, they was already stars. And I wasn't. Um, I was out there. Oh, and Rock the Icon. That was another one that was part of the group, Rock the Icon. Um, everybody was giving me their own little knowledge of what I need to do, how I need to do it, but I never really understand. Um, Rock the Icon, he the one that helped me. Uh, we had a, nobody really, they was giving me their own personal opinion on what I should do and how I should do it, but they wasn't going to try to tell me how to get in the business. You know, maybe they probably looked at me as competition. You know, I never looked at it as anything. They had a bigger name than me, so I was just trying to be up there. And when uh, 
when um this guy named Rock the Icon, I was trying to he was from the East Coast, so it was easy for me to kind of talk to him. Mm-hmm. But he was kind of ignoring me through the whole trip. He wasn't trying to pay me no mind until we had a layover in Miami. When we have a layover in Miami, about five hours, he had all the time in the world. So I said to him, I said, hey, um, you ready to talk now? He said, yes, man, come on. What do you want to ask me? I said, okay, all right, all right. First thing, my name. Around that time frame, my name was Rome Swagger. And uh, I thought it was a cool name because I was a dancer and I was kind of using that as a dance name. And Rock the Icon was like, look, man, Rome is hot. Swagger is whack. And I was like, okay, all right, all right, yeah, no problem. I'll change that. What else? I said, what do you do to keep your dick hard? You know, around that time frame, you know, when you're young, you're horny, you don't really have to really worry about taking anything to keep your dick hard. This is really when you get older. I didn't really understand that. And I asked him, he told me to do a lot of exercise and eat a lot of fruits, but that's to anybody. He just told me the regular knowledge. And uh, he explained to me about the stuff I was doing at Hedo, where you was putting yourself out there, where if a girl wanted to work with you, she would turn you down. Why? Because you've given your package to everybody else. It's no type of fantasy for anybody else to keep. Never thought of it that way. I was like, damn, okay. I keep that in mind. And we talked about other stuff, like stuff I need to change with, within the industry while how it's moving. So I went home. I uh, got back home that day. I told my roommate uh, when I was in West Philly, his name was Rob. Me and Rob sat down. I said, man, I got I to gotta get another name. I said, you know, Rome is hot, but Swagger is whack. So he said, all right, so what you have in mind? I said, man, I'm trying to keep Rome, but I'm trying to stay somewhere like, like, uh, it has to be Rome. But we didn't know. We didn't know yet. We was going through a whole bunch of names. A whole bunch of names. A whole bunch of names. Um, so we were going through a couple different names. And we couldn't get it. Like, I told him the best the best way to look up names was look at Twitter and look at the last people's name and kind of guess however the name going to come up. But it was really him. He he said Major. You know, we went through names. He said Major. And I said, stop right there. Rome Major. I said, yo, that's the, the name. This is the name right here. I'm picking this name. He said, you sure? I said, yo, it's clean. Around that time, when people pick porn star names, people have to be real they have to understand the the name has to be clean. It has to be a clean name. Almost a white person's name. You can't pick nothing ghetto, stupid, or just irrelevant. And the reason why is for that because if you want to get picked for something, you want to make sure they're picking that person where they don't really know if this person's black or white. It's a clean name, and that's what they will pick off of. So when I picked Rome Major, like, think of it. Rome Swagger. That's awesome. They clearly know that's not a white person's name. That's a black person's name. Rome Major. That could be anybody's name. That's a clean name. Um, I ran with that name for a long period of time. That's how I ran, that's how I got my name Rome Major. And then from that point on, I always got booked to go to hedonism. Like I've been going there for the last ten years. And from the time I learned about myself, that was like in the fourth 
in the fourth year time frame of going to hedonism. Every year I went, either I was showing or I was hiding. I didn't give too much because I had to hide myself. I had to make sure I was worth for them to be booked. I didn't want to be the guy that just fucked everybody. So I had to be, I had to put myself in the predicament like, wow, this is not just about sex. This is really a business, you know? Now it kind of made sense when I was with Prince Joshua and Kitten and Ariana and Johnny, all around them time frames, what they was telling me. I said, damn, okay, it makes sense. Okay, okay. It makes sense, okay. Now, going back to the unpause now, going back to the pause where Sydney said, hey, Rome, look, it's time for you to go to L.A. Mm-hmm. I went home. I told my mom. Well, I, was, I, was, I had my whole house around that time, but I told my mom, like, my parents were like, hey, mom, I think I'm about to, I think I'm about to move to L.A. And she said, okay, all right, well, we'll see when it happens. Um, before I moved out to L.A., I went out to L.A. Uh, that's when I ran into my boy, Mo DeMonte. Me and Mo was, like, real good friends around the time, going from the, from the East Coast to the West Coast. I think we went out there at the same time. He went out there two years before me. And when I met Mo, I think around that time, I met D. Weiss, the infamous D. Weiss. Yes. Yeah, he's a, he was a good dude, man. He taught, he, taught, he taught a lot of people that I know a lot about the business. He taught he, – he didn't really teach me because I was with Tommy around that time. Tommy kind of taught me the business for Woe Boys. But everybody that who I talked to and ran into, everybody talked about a good thing about D-Wise. D-Wise was probably he, – he, he could have basically, basically been basically the director of his own shit because that's what he was doing. He was the boss of his own shit. Around that time, I remember in New York, this was like 2012, 2013. I pulled up, me, Tommy, Billy Jean, um, D. Wise brought uh, Motor Monster, and it was another guy there. I forgot his name. And we was all there. We was all shooting. Billy Jean was the co-host, the, co- the girl, the female performer, and we was doing a boy-boy girl. Um, we shot a good scene. I forgot about that content. I got to ask about that. And, uh, we shot a good scene that day. That's how I met Mo the Monster. Met Mo. We talked. We were just like, you know, he's from New York. I'm from Philly. We doing our thing. We about to crash out to, uh, California. So I took Mo, me and Mo went out to California. Around that time we ran and I knew a guy. His name was Chris, Chris Drummond. Chris Drummond was Ron Ellis' nephew. And he he plugged us in with Ron Ellis. If it wasn't because of Chris, I wouldn't really get plugged up in the industry directly like that because Chris kind of knew everybody in the industry, so it was easy for us to get plugged in. We talked to Ron Ellis. Ron Ellis was doing his own thing. Uh, I think he had his company called Tease World. And... He was doing numbers on his own platform. For him to get more content, it was always good. So I told him, I said, hey, look, um, we're coming out there. I want to shoot. You know, can you put us on the platform? He said, yeah, why don't you come out here? I, I booked the girls. You get tested. Around that time, it was AIM instead of town testing. It was mm-hmm. AIM testing. And we got tested. We went out there. We shot. 
I think we shot with this girl named Giselle Leon. We did a boy, boy, girl. That was fire. Then we shot with um, uh, Giselle Leon. What's that girl name? Ooh, she going to kill me. Man, to rem- remember these performance names is so crazy. Uh, it was another girl. We, we, did, we did a few scenes that, that week. We did about, uh, it was another girl. Her name was Sadie Santana. We did a boy, boy, girl anal with her. Um, we shot with some other performers. That time frame, uh, Naomi Starr. We shot with her, Laura Jensen. Laura Jensen was my first cream pie. Oh, I remember that shit. That shit was. I remember uh, Ron Ells was shooting the scene around in that week with a Laura Jensen. My first time meeting Laura Jensen. Like, I ain't gonna lie, man. Laura Jensen was so hot that around them time. She was. She's still hot now. And I think she was like one of my very first porn crush. Was Laura oh, wow. Jensen. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really liked it. Like, I really, really liked it. I, I think I told her once, I told her after everything, after she got married and everything, I kind of told her. And I always felt like, damn, that could have been the one. I always thought, I always feel that sometimes. Um, I remember doing a shoot, the scene with Allure, and somewhere close to the end of the scene, I was like, so what you want me to do with the cum? And she was like, oh, she didn't come inside me. I said, what? Huh? No. No. Come inside you. Uh, no. Are you, are you on birth control? You know, I was new around that time. And she was like, yes. You okay? You didn't come inside me. I was like, I thought it was the, the, the most best moment of my life because that was consensually. Like, I wanted to do that. <laughs> and I gave her a cream pie. Around that time, I, I, I was saying, come. I didn't even know it was cream pie. And that was my very first cream pie on that on that set. Uh, I was there for a week. I was going back and forth to Philadelphia to L.A. And I should have, I think my issue was people were telling me to move to L.A. Well, move to Vegas. I should have moved to L.A. When I moved to, when I moved to, before I, before I said that, before, when I moved, I moved to, the West Coast in 2016, but before that, I could have been moved to even Vegas 2013. But I delayed myself because I had a, I had a, um, I bought a house in Philadelphia and I was trying to manage that. So I didn't really know how I was going to make the moves, how I was going to make it. But I kept on going back and forth to Las Vegas. Shot a few scenes there, where um, my homeboy at the time was. Was Chris? Me and Chris was always hanging out. We always always do things. He put me onto other performers, put me onto other things. He was helping me out, and I finally moved to the West Coast in 2016. When I moved to the West Coast in 2016, that's when everything kind of opened up. Everything opened up. Stuff that I didn't understand about model release forms, you know, stuff I didn't really understand about people who shoots me. That's this is around the time frame of Ron Ellis. I knew Chris, Chris Drummond, and Sean, Sean Barlett. Sean Barlett was, he owned a company called Sinful Solos, Sinful Soul, Sinful Solo. And I had a website, RomeAgentTripleX.com, and he had Sinful Solos. And he used to always shoot solo girls. When the girls came in, 
they see me, introduce me, and I figure I'd try to get to shoot some content with them. And they was my shooters. It was going good for a couple of years, you know. 2016, uh, I think before I moved there, I think Ron Ellis, I think he passed. I think he passed. I think he passed in, I think, 2015, if I'm correct. Because when I finally moved there, he wasn't he wasn't around. It was just only Chris and Sean around that time. Um, I wanted to make it to I wanted to make it to Ron Ellis' funeral, but I couldn't. I think he got cremated. I'm not too sure. Um, but I wanted to make it out to see him, and I never got a chance. So the only thing closest to him was Chris. Chris was there when he passed, so I knew the whole story, how it went down, what happened. So you know. Me being around him, it was a good thing, you know. We taught each other different things. Around that time, we was going to different conventions, trying to shoot with the different different women, uh, trying to get used to Vegas around that time. 2016 wasn't – 2016 to 2018 wasn't the ideal ideal of me living in Vegas because it really wasn't really people in Vegas. Everybody was in L.A. And if you wasn't if you wasn't in LA, you really wasn't really shit. Like if you wasn't if you wasn't getting branded in LA, you were just a regular content creator. I used to always travel back and forth to LA to Vegas to shoot for Reality Kings, just different companies I shot for when I used to go to LA. Dog fart, you know. And let me tell you, I suck at blow bangs. Oh my god, I suck ass. I hate blow bangs. I hate it. I hate it. I sucked at it. Pull your dick out. Get your dick sucked. Yeah, it's easy. A lot of people say it's easy because you just get the girl to suck your dick, you stroke off and just bust a nut and go home. You get mm-hmm. But to me, it was just too many guys. I wasn't getting sucked. I, the girl wasn't sucking my dick long enough and I had to bust a nut. Like... Now, don't get me wrong, I could put my dick in some pussy, give me about five, eight minutes, I could bust. No problem, I could get into the zone. I love doing that. That's easy to me. But for me to just stroke my dick to get the bust, nah, I passed them levels. I don't do that no more. You know? It's on, it's rare that I will lay in my bed and beat my dick to bust. It's a few times I can do it if I put my mind to it, but, nah. I fucked so many bad girls now, just like, eh, I don't really want to stroke my dick for nobody. So around them time frames, I went. remember getting booked for Dog Far for Blow Bangs. We did a few Gang Bangs. Gang Bangs was cool, but it was hard for me to nut in front of everybody. I don't know why. Maybe because I was just so much doing my own thing. When I finally got to L.A., like from the 2016 through the 2018, the issue was it was a, wasn't a lot of performers in Vegas. Everybody was in L.A. so. Around that time frame, it was it was just a few, it was a, a few BBWs, you know. Uh, it wasn't a lot of people that I really wanted to shoot with. Like the only time I shoot with BBWs, like I like when it comes to big beautiful women. If you're beautiful and you're hot, I would love to shoot with you. You fire, let's go. So around the time frame, it was only a few BBWs that I wanted to shoot out in Vegas. It was a few girls I shot out there, but not as much. When I went to L.A., that's when everything opens up. When I finally moved to L.A., that's when I got with Sarah J. 
that's when everything started opening up. Sarah J um, taught me the business, taught me everything about model release forms, thread shoots, um, what kind of scenes I need to be shooting, how I need to be shooting it, what camera I need to be using. Like, I didn't know nothing about all that. All that was, it's like I was talking Chinese. Somebody was telling me this, and I was just like, huh? Nah. And it took me a while to build. When I got to L.A., all the performers, male performers, female performers, they were just like, you the GOAT, man. I said, the GOAT? I ain't no GOAT. I'm just like y'all. I'm doing scenes like what y'all doing. Nah, man, Rome, you're the GOAT, bro. How? How I? How am I the GOAT? Because guess why? Guess why? The reason why, because when they was watching me traveling all over the world shooting porn, everybody was just staying in L.A. just shooting porn. Mm-hmm. They didn't go nowhere. They stayed right in L.A. Either you was in L.A., Vegas, or Miami. It's only four places that porn kind of go through. You have L.A., Las Vegas, Miami, and New York. That's it. And New York is the least. And L.A. is the highest. Miami probably comes second, and Vegas probably comes third. People looked at me. I didn't know so many people from the East Coast, especially the East Coast and the West Coast, but especially the East Coast. They looked up to me in porn. Throughout the years, people used to tell me stories, and they brought my name up. I said, wow, I didn't even know that. I had people that knew me. When I went to Exotica so many times, people over the years like, yo, you Rome Major. Oh, my God. Let me take a picture with you, bro. You, you saved my life. You saved my marriages. I was like, what? Me? I didn't really took upon myself yet as being the GOAT yet. Because I felt those that I have a lot to prove in L.A. Shot for a few companies in L.A., and I knew I need to move to L.A. I said, I can't stay in Vegas. I got to move to L.A. I got to move to L.A. I got to. That was one of my goals. I wasn't happy when I was in Vegas. It was hard to make friends out there. It was hard to get a, a squad out there. It was hard to put people around and get together to make these moves. Nobody's not trying to win. It's crazy. If, if you said to somebody, hey, I'm trying to, trying to rob something. I'm trying to steal something. Everybody get together for negativity. But when it's time for positive, if you're trying to do something positive, you can't find nobody. It was just like that. Um, I went to, I finally got to the West Coast. Not the West, I finally got to L.A., California. And I remembered, um, I, don't want, I, don't want, I don't want to say no names, but I was supposed to be moving in somewhere. And another male performer was living there at the time with other female performers. And the male performer, I was, I was, I was stoked just being around him because I watched him when I was growing up killing the game out here. I was like, yo, he's a man. When I got over there, I thought he was going to be happy with open arms, but he really wasn't. So what I found out through L.A. is this. When you're everywhere else, everybody from California will be nice to you only when you don't live there. They will be nice to you. They will tell you to come down. Why don't you, why don't you come down and I'll let you crash on my couch. Why don't you come down? I'll look out for you. If you need a ride, just let me know. If you get to the airport, call me. It's all lies. That's lies. Nobody don't want you to take their spot in no type of way, period. So when I got to the, the house that I was supposed to be moving in, me and the guy got into some stupid-ass argument. It was just 
stupidest argument I ever heard. It was just stupid. We ended up not being friends, and I ended up not moving there. That put me into a a, a, a big jam because now I moved to the I moved to L.A. and I didn't know where I was going to stay at. Mm-hmm. May May I ask a quick follow up question? I don't know if you're comfortable saying, but I am curious. Who was the performer? Oh, I'm not going to say the performer. Okay. <laughs> I can't. All right. <laughs> I don't. All right. <laughs> but it was just it was just a male performer. I'd been in the business for about say six years. And I used to look up to him. He All right, we'll talk about it uh, outside of the interview. <laughs> okay, that's no problem. Um, so when I got out here, I was in the jam because I ain't had nowhere to stay at. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I had was my car. So I was kind of cool because I could have slept in my car, but I didn't know what I was really was going to do. Um, around that uh, twenty and twenty it was still twenty sixteen. All right, 2016 move. Yeah, so 2016, and I had to take showers and stuff like that. So I ended up getting a gym membership, 24-hour fitness, so I can go to the gym, work out, and then take a shower. So then I end up, I ran into this girl. Uh, I, I called her the Russian God Goddess. It was a girl that I, somebody introduced me to, and I was with her for a while, and she looked out for me. She ended up plugging me to this guy that she knew that had a house that had a room available. And I, I saw the room that he wanted seven fifty. It was so hilarious though, because when I got the room, it was a guy living in the living room. So I was thinking, you know, he was living in the living room and I stayed in the room. I was cool with that. I was paying seven hundred and fifty dollars. And uh two days later, it was a girl in the living room also. And I was like, why is a girl in the living room? So I asked the guy, and the guy was like, oh, he, she lives here. I said, oh, shit, I don't think the girl knew that another girl lived here. I don't think she's going to like this. Oh, she calls hell. Oh, she used to argue, argue, trying to get me kicked out the house. I said, yo, I live here now. I'm not trying to do nothing to that girl. I got other shit that's more important right now. She lives here, but around that time, Russian goddess didn't really understand that. She looked at it like it was a threat. Um, we got to arguing back and forth. You know, the landlord was getting irritated. He was going to just kick me out because he didn't feel like being part of the argument. But I told him, I said, look, I'm the one that's paying you. So you shouldn't really be worrying about another person. We are good here. I got my own room. I'm comfortable. Uh, I stayed there from 2016 to 2019, 2019, I think. Yeah. And during the time of me living there, that's when I started shooting content. I shot so much content there. It was ridiculous. You know, I was coming up with different ideas by the pool. Um, it was it was, a bunch, it was a bunch of old people that were living in the, those apartments. So they didn't really use the pool like that. They didn't use the jacuzzi like that. They didn't really use anything. So it was fun for me because anytime I shot scenes or did anything, everybody was mostly at work or they was in their house in their apartment. Um, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, I worked, I worked. I went to all the conventions in L.A. I went to X-Biz. You know, I've probably been to X-Biz about three times, four times. Um, I've been to all the convention they have 
part of the adult industry except for the ones like in Germany or Berlin and stuff like that. But majority, all the exoticas I've been to, all the L.A. directs I've been not L.A. direct, L.A. conventions I've been to, um, I've been there, done that. So that was fun. Um, throughout the years, being with Wildside, Wildside is Sarah J. Um, when I told you when I first came into business, you know, she taught me a lot where my name was, my name was branded, but by her putting my name part of Wildside, it made it bigger than what it was. I stopped working for, I think in 2016, I think I stopped working for a black, black on black crime. You know, um, I was doing it for a check. It was okay, but it wasn't really helping me when I got to LA. Because a lot of people in LA, when they heard my name, me being the GOAT, me being, you know, that major porn star that was coming into the West Coast around them time frame, it was more of like, he's aggressive. Oh, I don't, you, you got you to gotta be careful before you work with Rome. I was like, damn, I didn't know it was, it, it's, it's so crazy. If a woman, if a, if, a, if, a, if a girl go out there and do aggressive porn, it's okay if she does it. But if a man do it, it all depends if, a, if it's good or bad because a man could be, he could really do that on his personal life or he really do it for business. Nobody don't really know. And I was doing for business. Like, you know, to me, it was just a business. Um, so I had to slow down shooting for that particular company. I, slew, I, I stopped completely. Because when I started working for Sarah, you know, Sarah didn't like none of that stuff. She wasn't, she wasn't into none of that. So she was just like, yo, I just need you to be you. And I start being Rome major that romantic. So my thing was passionate and aggressive. That was my shit. Passionate and aggressive. That's the kind of porn I do. I could give you that rough shit, but I ha it had to be full consent. You got to make sure you, I, I got the I's and cross the T's. I ain't trying to put myself in no predicament. Um, I'm kind of glad that I kind of slowed down shooting for that company. Um, it's a few times I shot for their new company called Black Payback. Uh, after I shot for them a few times, I kind of slowed it down a little bit. Around that time, I had to slow down from shooting that aggressive porn because people, women of the industry was looking at me funny. They was thinking like, you know, this is what I'm into. Mm -hmm. Until they kind of meet me in person and finally get to know who I am. And it's like, okay, Roman's not like that. He's really cool. Okay. But lo looking at it, it's very receiving. You don't really know what you're really looking at. Um... I slowed down doing black payback and I shot for a few companies in LA and I was just like, you know what? Because honestly, the company, when you shoot for companies in LA, it's okay. But the problem is they're not paying you what they really need to be paying you. You know, remember before the industry happened, before they took out the word interracial, because remember around that time, everything was interracial. You know, if a girl, if a performer, if a female performer was light-skinned, Asian, um, just anything other than being black, it was called interracial. If you work with a black guy, it's called interracial. But it wasn't called interracial if an Asian guy worked with a white guy. It wasn't interracial. They didn't call that interracial. Mm -hmm. Only when you work with black men, it was called interracial, where they would have charged these crazy amount of fees on top of that just to work for the black guy. Like, it was, it was, it was crazy. I ran into this Asian girl, Asian girl, oh, I can't work with you. I got to wait. Why? Because we, we get paid more to work with y'all. I couldn't shoot no content. 
So all these white guys get to shoot this girl. Everybody gets to shoot this girl but black black men. We have to wait. Like, honestly, I kind of thought it was insulting. But, okay, this is how the industry was, and that's what it was. Um, throughout the years, you know, it changed. You know, when what what changed the world now is was the pandemic. When the pandemic happened in 2020 after the AVN, I remember. After AVN for 2020, people got sick around that time. There was a flu going around. And I remember OnlyFans hitting in. When OnlyFans came in, it changes. It changed porn forever. Oh, man, it changed porn forever. Now, anybody could be a boss. Anybody could shoot porn. Anybody could make a company. Anybody could do what they want to do with their own money and make a business out of it. You don't have to work for a company to be a star. You don't have to work for a company to be a boss. You don't even you be your own boss in your own world where it was content creators everywhere. You know, I'm going to put that on pause. When I think about how hard it was for me to be in the business, to get in the business, to work with certain companies, to be with certain people, it was hard to get to them, get to them places. Now, it's easy. Anybody could get in and work for a company. Anybody could get in and work with this person. Anybody could get in and, and it'd be that easy. And it make it and making them so easy where they're getting followers. They passed me. I've been on Twitter since 2009. And I only, I only got 136,000 followers, 140,000 followers, 140,000 followers, where you have people that have been in the business for less than a year and they got like 200. The business totally changed, you know. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not mad at the the performance. I'm not mad at the game. It just that's just how it goes. You know what I mean? I don't hate. I don't really hate at the situation. I give everybody love. It just wow. The life it changed so fast in the in the in the, in the past two years where everything changed now. Anybody can go out and shoot. You, you, you can literally just pay for a flight. As long as you test it, we shoot it. It wasn't like that from back in the day. You, it, you had to really hustle. You got to really put that time in. You know, shout out to 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 a lot of a lot of bros, a lot of new entrepreneurs in the business. You know, they doing it. They killing the game. I respect they hustle. You know, you have a uh, you have apply pressure. That's another male performer I like. You know, I remember when he first started the business. And he's with uh, Silverback now, and he was doing his thing. You know, I, 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 I fucks with him. I fucks with uh, Maze the Goat. You know what I'm saying? He was doing his thing. I remember when he first started, and look where he at now. I love that. I mm-hmm. love the business, you know, because you had, a, you had guys that had – Maze was from the East Coast, and I remember, like, certain questions he asked me to trying to get in the business, and he had to learn. And they learn from the ground up, and I'm proud of him. You know what I mean? Javon Jordan, another one. He was from Chicago. He was asking me about the business, how to get in, how to do this. And from where I see him now from this point on, I'm proud of him. He's making moves. He's doing business. You know? Uh, King Nasir, another another guy I'm proud of. You know what I mean? A lot of these guys, and they all black guys. A lot of guys that I'm proud of because, for the white guys, it was easy for them to get in. 
it was easy for them to to get into and to get into a little plug or a little crowd or get to a little situation. For the black people, it was hard for them to kind of get in. You really have to know somebody to get in. So for me to see these black performers now getting in real fast doing their thing, I'm proud of them. I just hope that they learn the business and make the business more. Like, get, we need more directors. You know, West Coast production can't be the only director. You got to be more product, productive um, and, um, directors out there. Like, let's follow, let's follow the trend. The trend is from you being a performer, from a performer, either you're going to be a director or you're going to be an agent or own an agency. What you going to do? What you going to do with your name to build, to bring back into the business, to build that, your, your name up, your company names up, everything. I knew of, I think it was three people I know that did that. I don't, know, I don't remember who the third person was. The first one was T-Real. T-Real from a performer to an agent. Mm-hmm. And now he's making real movies, like directing real movies. Like I saw him on Amazon Prime the other day. I was like, look at him. Jason Toller, movie director. You know, it, it looks good. It looks good seeing that. You know, um, another guy, Prince Joshua. From a performer to an agent to an agency. That's hot. That's hot. You did something with your business. It's not a lot of people that could say that they really did that. Everybody's waiting for a role major, like being a director. I didn't get there yet. It's not that I didn't get there yet. It's just I didn't really figure out how I'm supposed to make these moves. I know how it needs to be done. You can't do it by yourself. You need a squad. And it's... I feel like I could pick them out now. I feel like I, 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 I feel like I need a lot of good people in my life throughout the years that I've been doing porn, and I feel as though I have the wisdom and the knowledge to pick out these people. I just need to, to stop complaining and just do it. I just didn't do it yet. Slim Polk was another guy I liked. You know, he had all, he's the guy that have all the tats that kind of in, in the both worlds to do porn because you know back in the day they wasn't really allowing people to have sex mm-hmm. yeah and they only allow like certain girls to allow tax like i think the first girl that kind of really had the tax was christy mack and uh, it was slowly but surely to letting people start shoot with the tax and i think slim poke was the guy that kind of really brought people out shooting tax like people had to start having tattoos and stuff like that you know um Limpo was another good dude, man. Crazy performer, putting that work in, you know. Um, Isaiah Maxwell, from him being an agent to a performer, you know, that looks that looks real good on the resume. You know, everybody loves Isaiah. Isaiah Maxwell, you know, good guy. He's like the all-American Captain America, just a black virgin. <laughs> um, then you have Ricky Johnson. You know, all these guys that I started shooting porn with growing up, started doing, everybody started doing their own thing. Shout out to Ricky Johnson for having his own uh, production company. You know, Jack Slayer. I remember I, I was there on his first uh, dog bar scene when he had to shoot. And 
I remember we was having some conversations, you know, he was having some, he was having some issues that day, you know, and we talked and I remember, I remember talking to him, you know, and he was just like, all right, he was like, he was like, you know what's crazy? A lot of people won't sit down and just look out for another person. They would just do him. And I said, man, I ain't like that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm new just like you. You know, I'm not thinking around that time. There was a lot of new people in that scene. You had Eddie J. That was another new performer around that time. Jack Slayer, Slim Polk. Um, Slim Polk been in the business for a while. Jack, Jack Black been in the business for a while. Uh, Motor Monster was there. You know, that was a, a real epic scene because it was a lot of performance in that scene, you know. Uh, looking at the business now where I'm at, that's a lot of people, a lot of performers not in the business now, you know. It's a lot of people who's not in the business now where this, this, this business is not for everybody, you know. As soon as you sign that dotted line for your image and video to be all over the world, it's your job to be an entertainer. That's your job to entertain the world. Me being a performer, me giving out that major work, you know, when I give out that major work, I like sweat. I like the drifting. I like all that. That's the kind of work I like to give. I like to see your face go upside down when I, when I put my dick in the right spot. You know, I know them curves. I know them angles. I know your body vibe. I love giving them girls that major work, man. I love it. 2019. Started out in 2019 when the world was changing and they wanted women to lick the guy's ass. You know, I wasn't really into that, man. I wasn't really down for the cause at all until I noticed that all the male performers was doing it. I was like, fuck, damn. Why is everybody lifting their legs up? Like, what the hell is going on? This is not right. <laughs> This is not right. This is bad. What is they doing? But what, what was going on is it's not like they was doing it willingly. It was more of the company booked them, and they said, hey, can a girl lick your ass? And in the moment, you're not thinking about it. You're like, all right, cool, you know? But when you start looking at yourself with them legs in the air, oh, man. So I remember when I got shot for a company, they was like, hey, Rome, it's cool for the girl lick your ass? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Let me tell you. And it's for everybody to understand this. I do it for the cameras, but when it's off camera, I don't want you to touch my asshole. I don't want you to lick on it. I don't want you to do anything to it. My dick is getting soft. That shit, I don't even, I only do it on set when I'm doing it as a job. That's it. I don't, I'm not really into it. I'm not into it at all. Um, it's crazy when a girl lick my asshole, my dick just gets soft, completely soft. That's it. They'd be like, oh, why is your dick soft? Because I don't like it. But guess what? The show must go on regardless. I'm going to act like I like it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're doing a thing to it. But it wasn't really my thing. I'm glad that I'm a brand. I'm glad that I worked my brand. I worked for my brand. Nobody can change my brand. If I was with Wildside or without Wildside, I still own my brand. You know, I uh, trademarked my name. I trademarked my production. You know, I put the time in. When, when you put Rome Major on that resume, 
it's guaranteed you're going to get money back. When I look at when I look at the 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 production today and the generation today, it's totally different because everybody's shooting for all the wrong reasons. A lot of people don't even know about OnlyFans. You know how many girls that I run into and they be doing their OnlyFans totally wrong, and I have to teach them, you know. And I be thinking to myself, as well, if I didn't teach them, who would have taught them? Being in LA. It's probably one of the best places to be at because this is where all porn runs. You get all the new girls. You get all the, 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 the girls that have been in the business for a certain amount of time. You get big names being in L.A. But being in L.A. is very expensive, too. I've been living here since 2018 until now. And, man, I think I kicked out just in my rent is about 15 My utilities come to about 250 and that only go with all the rest of the bills I have, like credit card bills and, you know, such, such for it. The generation just totally changed, man. Just, I have an OnlyFans, and I have two different OnlyFans. I have one for my straight and have one for my gay OnlyFans. A lot of people always ask me, like, well, what do you put on your gay OnlyFans? The only thing I put on there is if I'm fucking a girl, and a gr- if I'm fucking a girl from the back, the camera don't, for my gay fans, they don't care about the girl. They just want to see my ass jiggle. Cool. If that's what you want to see, no problem. Growing up in the industry, you got a couple of choices to make before you become a known talent. You have porn stars. You have content creators. It's a big difference between the two. A lot of people don't know the difference. The difference is if you start working, when you work for companies and you start, you shot more than 10 to 25 scenes you consider it a porn star because you've been in the business for a while. You shout with the companies. You know the do's and don'ts. You know what to look for. You know the signs. You know the vibes. When you're a content creator, content creators shoot with anybody. They don't know what their niches are. They don't know what they should do, how they should do it, how long they should shoot for, what kind of camera they need to shoot with, what location they need to shoot with, not to have certain things in the background. A lot of people don't know that. They just shoot just to shoot. Some shit go viral. Some shit don't. You have 50 states, 50 states, everybody's shooting content. Why everybody, like, because the pandemic came in and changed the industry forever, that means you don't have to come to L.A. to be that boss. You can always do it your way now. How can you do it? Me personally, man, I would go to states that I've never been to and try to shoot content there. Me personally, why not? If a company book a girl, the company's looking how young she is, as long as she's 18 and up. If she's new, she never shot for no company, don't have no tattoo, got a fat, nice, big old butt, some nice, pretty titties, some pretty eyes. Oh, you booked. You booked. We booking you. They paying them girls 1000 to $2,000 to shoot each scene. But it's a difference between being in L.A., Vegas, or Miami versus being in the East Coast. Two differences. Because the major companies is all in the West Coast. Mostly a lot of people that go into the East Coast is local companies. And you can't charge them the same price that you you would usually charge a West Coast company. Did you know that? 
No. Okay. So you have a West Coast company. Uh, a boy-girl rate is from 1000 to 1200 A boy-boy-girl or anal is from 1000 to $1,400. Um, all depends on what the girl is because some girls get paid higher than that. But for the basic knowledge, it's the basic prices. So what, what the, the game plan is like this. If I'm a big company and I pay this girl 1200 to shoot for my company, so that means you got to keep that wave up. So when you go to the East Coast and you have people that want to shoot you and you tell them, oh, for a boy girl, it's 1200 they like, wait, I don't got that type of traffic. I can't give you 1200 I could give you six. Mm-hmm. I could give you six hundred. We could do we could do six hundred, but I can't give you twelve hundred. I'm not a big company. I, I can't give you that much money. But that's the reason why the East Coast is not really winning, because East Coast is winning and not winning to a certain point. It's only for those companies that's winning among themselves. But if all the companies kind of get together, like you got a few companies that's in the East Coast. You got Woe Boys. You have uh, Nasty Media. You have Freak Mob. You have um, Dukes. Dukes. I forgot Dukes and something. Um, you have, oh, Dukes Dolls. You have Duke Dolls. Um, you have a few companies out there. If everybody took their head out their asses and start working together as a team, everybody will win. Between white, let me see, between white performers and black performers. It's a little different. White performers, they share, white male performers share the women among themselves easily. They don't argue, they don't fight, they just share, shoot them, let them get paid, shoot content, no problem. Black performers, they do not share the women. They do not share the women they hold the women captive until they break up with the girl or not going with the girl and the girl end up working with the guy anyway and you end up finding out all this stuff with the the guy just done told the girl not to do the girl gonna do it anyway so your job is when you get a girl a female performer your job is to shoot the scenes that you need to shoot with her and pass off to another performer and they work with her she's happy he's happy i'm happy everybody's happy that's how the world needs to go. But the problem is we don't, as black performers, some black performers just don't know how to share the women. So what I've been doing for the last um, seven, about a year, about a year now, um, like I got over 700 pieces of content. Um, about 300 I used and the other 400 is still sitting. Um, I've been changing up my content from boy-girl content to boy-boy-girl. Doing orgies, doing gangbangs. I'm just changing up the, I'm changing up my content. I want to have more than just boy-girl on my content. And that's what I started doing. I started changing my content. Now I'm starting traveling. Every time I go to a shoe house, I don't want to just shoot a boy girl. The only time I want to shoot a boy girl, the girl's really that bad. And I'm like, yo, I want to shoot her. But if she bad and she just regular, man, look, I can I, let me and my man um, put you to work. 
Let me, my man, give you that major work. Fuck that. And that's the shit I've been doing. I've been doing that for the last couple months. I got over probably, probably like 70 scenes of, of somebody else. Of me, the girl, and the guy, we all just doing threesomes, four ways, uh, four four ways, uh, five ways, orgies, you know. I just been changing up my content. It's crazy. We got these. They need spaces that you can talk about different content. You shoot different content. Man, you know, right now. I'm sitting here in front of my computer. I was before you called. I was sitting here doing paperwork, and I hate doing the real copy versus the digital copy. I think digital copy is so easier and faster, but you gotta have the real copy too. You gotta put it in a folder, in a binder, in a sleeve, and let it sit there until whenever you need it. That's a lot of paperwork, man. That's a lot of paperwork that you have to do. The world is changing. It's evolving every day, you know. Hopefully, 2023 be the time frame where I, I can get my team. I can pick out the people that I like, that I want to be part of this circle, and we could bring something to the table and figure out what we how we need to do it. There's so many different ideas I came up with. You know, I'm not going to say all my ideas on this podcast, but... No, of course, you, know, you don't want people to take them. Right. <laughs> but I like the idea, especially because you're talking about, you know, expanding beyond just boy-girl content and having threesomes and orgies and that kind of thing. Uh, the idea of Rum Major having like a squad of elite black men from the industry, you know, that you roll with and that you shoot content with consistently sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's the I think that's the wave. Um, it's more like African Americans, Asians, Indians, anybody, anybody with their own entity, where ethnic background, where they could be something in life. You don't have to work for the company no more. You don't have to be like, oh, I have to work for Brazzers to be famous. No, you don't, man. Whoever told you that, that that been passed three years ago. This is the time for you to be you now. It's time for you to show who you are. It's time for you to bring your brand out. It's time for you to hire, start booking these cameramen, videographers, come up with different ideas, do different things. You can do anything you want to in the world. Just make sure you follow all the guidelines and rules. It's easy now. I want to start shooting on boats. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna run an airplane, have sex on an airplane or something. I wanna do something different. I'm getting sick of shooting on a, on a bed, on a couch, the same area. There's so much ways to make content, and everybody thinks they just need to come to LA, or Miami, or Las Vegas. Yeah, you can come there to live, and you can be around the porn industry, but it's your type of vibe is gonna bring you out. I'm glad that I'm I'm still who I am now. You know, the only thing changes with me, old role major to new role major is now I know I need a companion. You know, I, I can't, I'm 36 now, and it's like you, you want to make sure that you're in the business making moves the correct way. You know, I need that partner. Uh, I don't know if the partner is going to be a civilian. 
Um, I would love to put my partner to be in the business so it's easy for her to understand so we can work together as a team. You know, before I wasn't thinking about no having no wife or no girl or none of that. Shit, I want to be single forever, but it don't go that way. You're not going to do porn forever. So you have to figure out where you need to be at in life. You having a business, you being with a partner that both y'all, so she can fulfill my needs, I can fulfill hers and where it's easy and we can make money together. Now it's time that I travel. I just went to Jamaica uh, last, this year for Golden Days. I got booked again, went out there, and it felt good, you know, for me to be a brand because it was different because I think I didn't, I wasn't booked for Golden Days in like, uh, I think, two years. And when I got booked back for appearances, it felt really good to be around all these people, people looking up to me as the porn star, but it would be nice I had a companion there where I could have shot, shot scenes with the girl at the exotic island in Jamaica. Like, it was hard for me to shoot content. Like, all these people are just civilians, you know? It wasn't talent tested. I was the only one talent tested. I'm like, this ain't helping me. I was trying to figure it out before I got there, but it's not that easy, you know? I, I noticed that. It's just, it's just not, it's not easy how it sounds. It's crazy. It, you know what's crazy is? It's like these days, this type of generation, if you're trying to find a woman, if you be all nice and gentle and, and take the girl on a date or something, they look at you like you weird. They look at you like, oh, you soft. But when you treat a girl like shit, they love you. Oh, my God. You call them a hoe? Oh, you a hoe. Oh, my God. You call me a hoe. These girls are weird. I be thinking to myself, like, this is not how my mom brought me up. My mom didn't bring me up like this. You, you, you're supposed to be happy meet a girl to take a girl home to your mom. Half of these girls you can't bring home to your mom. Like, what the hell? And I know it's some good, I know it's some good women out here. You just got to find them. But shit, by the time I start, when you stop doing what you're doing, to, to figure out what you need to be doing, it stops you from doing shit. It stops you from from doing what you need to do in life. Everything got expiration date. You just got to figure out which one or where is that. I don't. I really enjoy what I do. I love what I do. But I can't keep sitting down in front of this computer, putting up, putting in these model release forms. These IDs, I need to have an assistant, but you got to trust the assistant. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. I don't know who to trust. Everybody's out to get you in some type of way. You just don't know how. So I think the, but hopefully hopefully one day I will meet a good partner that's in the business and we could work together as a team. I mean, so whatever lucky women is out there, I'm single. I'm definitely single. It's crazy, man. I just, everybody in my, when I check my DMs and my Twitter, my Instagram, my messages, my email, it's always girls like, come on, I want to meet you. I want to see you. Why don't you come down here? And I'd be like, look, if you ain't paying me or you ain't shooting with me content, there's no point for me to see you because I don't care about nothing else. 
I don't want to take the time out to get to know somebody on that level because I feel as though somebody needs to get to know me. It's easy. If you really like somebody, it's really easy for you to point that out. It's really easy for you to show that person you really like that person. I just think, you know, they just want that work. They just see the fantasy of Rome Major, and they just want Rome Major. So hopefully hopefully, I could get some prayers and, and, and hopefully 2023 to 2024 I could find me a partner so we can kill this game together. But until then, the show must still go on because I got to think of another business to keep my name alive, to keep everything moving, pretty much. So what you got for me, man? All right, Rome. Now, I have so many more questions to ask you, but we have run out of time. So I was wondering, are you willing to come back for a part two so that we can continue chatting about your incredibly busy career in the industry? Of course, of course. Damn, how, how long we was talking for? For damn near two hours. Oh, man, I didn't even know. It <laughs> felt like a half hour, man. I'm right? definitely doubtful. The conversation <laughs> was good. The story was good. And I'm really glad that the listeners, you know, have gotten the chance to really get to know your story. I just want to pick your brain about some other stuff in the industry. So that's what part two will be about. So um, before I forget, Rome... Can you please hook the listeners up with uh, your links, you know, where they can find you on the web, all of your social media stuff. Uh, yeah, hook them up with uh, exactly how they can find Rome Major all over the Internet. No problem. Um, definitely. My number one site is the, my website, RomeMajor.com, R-O-M-E-M-A-J-O-R.com. That's my website. You can catch me on my Twitter. Twitter at Rome Major Triple X R O M E M A J O R X X X. You'll catch me on my Instagram, uh, the Real Rome Major R E A L R O M E M A J O R. You could catch me on my mini vids, uh, Rome Major dot com R O M E M A J O R dot M-A-N-Y-D-I-D-S dot com, C-O-M. And uh, you can always Google Rome Major on any platform, on any Safari, uh, R-O-M-E-M-A-J-O-R-X-X-X, Rome Major Triple X. Perfect. So, Rome, I would like to thank you so much for, for the interview and for agreeing to come back for a part two. No problem. No problem. I definitely enjoyed my time here. I'm definitely uh, enjoying all my fans to be listening to how my life went being in the industry. You know, I'm, I'm here for my fans, and I love my fans. Very nice. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Papi Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One on One with Papi Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on one-on-one with Poppy Chulo, visit poppychularadio.com slash after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash poppychulo one-on-one. That's at poppychulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 
Poppy Chula Radio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you, Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, Roe Major and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night. Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week. <laughs>